So excited to be here today, thankful for another day of life, another day of life. How many of you know that this whole pandemic has reminded us not to uh, take for granted each day that we have? Amen? Amen. And once again, a happy birthday to Koba and Kevin. Um, And uh, what a blessing uh, those two pastors are to our congregation. For those who are here for the very first time, uh, thank you for being here at Mission Ebenezer. Um, We're just a a humble church, a simple church, trying to do the work of Jesus Christ and wanting to be faithful in what he has called us to. And so um, we thank God for that. Some of us are coming to church for the very first time in the last 12 months. And and I also would like to just just give a a round of applause and just show appreciation for those who are taking that bold step of coming back into fellowship here at the mission. So God bless you guys. God bless you. And it's good to see you. It just ain't the same. It ain't the same worshiping and trying to stay connected from afar. Although the Holy Spirit uh, draws us together, although the Holy Spirit is everywhere all at the same time, um, there's something special about us coming together physically in person. Amen. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembly of God's people. And so I believe that to be the case and why we as the physical local expression of the body of Christ um, need to continue to be intentional and make that effort of being uh, together. I think there's something about um, the togetherness, the synergy Um, or Sunergo, that God calls us um, to be. Also, um, the the Greek word sunago means to come together, uh, and that's where we get the word synagogue, and it just means the the gathering or the assembling of of God's people. And so that's why I believe it's very important for us to do so. And many people are getting their vaccine and feeling more comfortable about going out in public setting and and we can also attribute um, our increase in, in uh, church attendance and people coming back to the house to uh, modern medicine as well. Well, we continue in our, um, our teaching on the Holy Spirit. We're teaching on the Holy Spirit. Last week, Pastor Isaac brought us the Word of God and he brought us through the Gospel of Luke chapter 24, connected it with Acts chapter 1, where Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, and we're going to hold off on Acts chapter 2 until Pentecost Sunday, and that'll be in a few weeks. We're going to hold off on teaching and preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is our Pentecostal distinctive, although we need to keep in mind, pay attention, the Holy Spirit is not the distinctive of us Pentecostals. The Holy Spirit is given to The whole body of Christ. Amen? The Holy Spirit is for every believer. The Holy Spirit is for every believer. And we want to make sure that we are not neglecting the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Many of us understand what that means. Some of us understand um, what it means to allow the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit to empower our lives. But at the same time, sometimes Christians neglect 
the Holy Spirit, who is God. The Holy Spirit is God himself. And sometimes we neglect the Holy Spirit. It's like a tool that we forget about in the workshop at home. Many people who work in construction know that you need all your tools, right, to get the job done. If you're, if you're missing um, the tools that, that you need to get the job done, you'll find out very quickly that you need the full toolbox. A painter needs his paintbrushes. Amen? A teacher needs his or her resources. A real estate broker needs paper and pens and a good mind. An athlete needs his or who his his or her equipment. And in the same way, we as believers We need the Holy Spirit. The role of the Holy Spirit is significant for the church. He was not only significant to the church after Jesus sent him to us. The Holy Spirit has been a part of the people of God before the creation of time. God created the heavens and the earth. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, it says in Genesis chapter 1 that the Spirit of God came over the earth, between the heavens and the earth. And the word for spirit is ruach. Ruach. The Spirit of God is talked about all throughout the Old Testament. King David in the Psalms talks about the Holy Spirit. He talked about the Spirit of God in Psalm 51 when asking for God to be merciful upon him. David says, do not take your spirit from me. Amen. So we need the Holy Spirit. In the book of Joel, the minor prophet, we read about the Holy Spirit filling all the earth. And so the Holy Spirit We call it the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Christ is significant for the believer. And today, I would like to draw from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16. So turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Samuel 16. And you'll see why it was important for King David in the Psalms and why he talked about the Spirit of God so much. 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16. Verse 11. Through 13. When you have it, say amen. All right. I still hear some pages. Well, hang on just a second. And, and while you're, you're flipping your pages, I just want to say congratulations to the Yosia family, um, Brother Moy and Marlene. 
their daughter uh, Nolani played in the national championship yesterday for University of Texas Longhorns. Although they came up short and lost to uh, the Kentucky Wildcats, we're so proud of Nolani representing uh, her church, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, on a national stage. It was so great to see her play yesterday on national television, ESPN2. What an amazing experience to know that young lady is serving the Lord Jesus Christ and, and working out her faith with fear and trembling there on University of Texas's campus in Austin. So congrats to the Yosia family. So he asked Jesse, the prophet Samuel that is, are these all the sons that you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's still tending sheep. You know, they're still the youngest, but I don't know if you really want to see him. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in, he was ruddy, with a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said to Samuel, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil, somebody say oil, and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. And Samuel then went to Ramah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that we, the church, can experience what it means and what it is like to walk under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father God, some of us do not know what that is like. Others of us do. And it's my responsibility today, Father God. You have charged me, Father God, with the great responsibility of instructing your people on the significance and the importance of living and operating under the anointing under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And so, Father God, I pray that we, like David, will stand under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that we would walk under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that we would speak under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that we would minister under the anointing and the authority of the Holy Spirit. And Father God, that you would set us on our path so that we do not try to go about this life doing it on our own, but that we might tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus and the people of God said, Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together, people of God. Put your hands together, people of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes.
You know, back in the day when I used to play sports, it was great during our training, our pregame warm-up, over the loudspeakers, they would be playing warm-up music. It was kind of like a get-me-going kind of music, fast and, and up-tempo and upbeat. And then when I realized that the Holy Spirit was God's gift to me to live and operate under the Holy Spirit, I had to be intentional to step into the anointing of God and make sure that I tapped into the power that he offers me. So I started to listen to praise and worship music before my competitions. Pastor Kevin, when he was playing professional football, used to put his, his earphones on or his, his, his music, and he'd, he'd crank up the gospel music. And he would get in the zone. And he would come under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. How many of us, when, when you're getting ready to step into what God has for you, you like to get un, into the Spirit as well? How many of you listen to music to get you into the Spirit? Raise your hand. I do. We have to come under the Spirit. There's nothing wrong with listening to different kinds of music, maybe that are not Christian, but we have to be careful that we are not allowing worldly influences to impact our heart and our mind so that we go on thinking and acting as if we're not Christians. We got to be very careful about that. People in the world before they knew Jesus would listen to hardcore rap music with explicit, mu explicit lyrics. How many of you know sometimes that when we don't have a praise language like yes and amen and praise God and hallelujah, sometimes we lived and operated under a different kind of praise language. But when we come to Jesus, we have to make sure, and I'm not going down the whole road of do's and don'ts today. That's not what I'm doing. I'm simply trying to emphasize the significance of the Holy Spirit that lives in us and the Holy Spirit that is God. Because the Bible says that whenever one confesses Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, at that moment, the Holy Spirit then becomes a part of your life. The Holy Spirit becomes a part of one's life. So we have to make sure that we invite the Holy Spirit into our heart. We have to make sure that the things that we surround ourselves with are surrounded with the things of God. So that we can connect with God. If we're not careful, there would become a disconnect between us and God. But the Holy Spirit is the interface between us and God. The Holy Spirit is like a software on a computer. The Holy Spirit is the interface between 
God and us. We're the hardware. We're the hardware. We're the flesh. We're the hardware. And God is the intel. Amen? And God wants to download that intel, that knowledge, that wisdom, that gnosis, that power, that authority into our lives. And the only way to do that is for us to interface with God through the Holy Spirit. And so the first point for us today is connection. And today I'd like to talk about the four aspects or elements of living and operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. One is connection. Two is direction. Three is conviction. And four is protection. So connection, direction, conviction, and protection. Four elements that God gives to us so that we can grab onto these things and live a life under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because living under the anointing of the Holy Spirit is not just for a select few of Christians. Living under the anointing of the Holy Spirit is for all believers. Living and operating under the unction, or in Spanish, unción, of the Holy Spirit is very important. We see that when we are under the anointing of God, when we are under the anointing of the Lord, God can operate on our behalf because now we're partnering and we're walking with him and we're, our eyes are wide open to the things that God is doing in our lives. So the first element is connection. Somebody say connection. And without the Holy Spirit, you guys, we lose connection with God. How many of you ever, have ever felt distanced from God? How many have ever felt far away from God? Maybe we, we fell into sin and we feel distanced from God. Because of the connection with the Holy Spirit, we're living, under a, we're living under a cloud of guilt because of poor decisions. But So sometimes that creates a distance between us and God. And God says, hey, hey, let's get back to where we need to be. So we, God helps us to reestablish our connection with him. And to set the tone, which is why I talked about praise and worship music, gospel music, sometimes it helps us to generate that spirit in us. And, and other people have different ways that they invoke the Holy Spirit in their lives as well. Isn't that right? For some, it's prayer. For some, it's taking a, a nice long walk. For some, it's working out and getting in the presence of God. But the Holy Spirit is the glue that binds us together with God, with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit is also the same that binds us all together as believers, as the church. The people of God are connected by the Holy Spirit. And so that's why we, when we live under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, oftentimes God works things out even between two people. Just yesterday, and I'm not at liberty to share the nature of the dream that one brother in Christ had, but he texted me and said, Pastor, I've been having dreams about 
different members in your family. And they're, they're holy and anointed dreams that I believe have meaning. But I just want to share them with you, marinate on it, pray on it, and let us be in agreement that if these things are in fact of God, that one day they will come to fruition. God binds us together. God brings us together through the Spirit. Have you ever heard the saying that two people are of kindred spirit? Kindred spirit means that they're of, of the same family or spirit. They're one and the same. They're, they're together. There's a connection there that is taking place between two individuals or entities. And that's a gift of the Holy Spirit is that connectivity. That's why families need to invite the Holy Spirit also to come into their midst. Families have to be intentional about praying together. Churches need to make sure that we come together in corporate prayer. Amen? Ministries have to come together in corporate prayer so that the Holy Spirit can bring us all together under one mind, one spirit, and one body. Because God can accomplish greater things when we are operating in and under the same spirit. Amen? Number two, direction. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. He is our shepherd. Like Psalm 23, where it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me. Amen? The Holy Spirit leads us and directs us. In other words, when we are not living in under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister in us and through us, oftentimes we can be misled, misguided, or misdirected when the Holy Spirit is not a part of the processes of our lives. But I want to be in step with the Holy Spirit. I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to be directed by the Spirit. I want our church to be directed by the Spirit. It's when we see God showing off and God accomplishing the things that he has directed us to do that we can say and, and confirm that in fact it was the Holy Spirit working and operating in our midst or through the people of God. That's called direction. Amen? Sister Andrea was sharing this morning of, of how we have surpassed our goal of $100,000 for the Nehemiah Project. The beautification of the temple of God. Guess what? We see that God is confirming His work in us and through us as a church. 
He's our shepherd. Without the Holy Spirit, we would be lost. We would be off on our own agenda. But the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, leads us and directs us and keeps us in a close walk with Him. The third element of the Holy Spirit and the benefits that the Holy Spirit gives to us is conviction. Without the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we lose sensitivity to the Lord Himself. Without the conviction of the Holy Spirit, our hearts become hardened. We need the conviction of the Holy Spirit to keep us on course, to keep us on path. Amen? 1 Thessalonians 1.5 says, Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. The Holy Spirit can take the things of God and can drive those principles and those truths deep into our hearts. Allowing the word of God to become that conviction that we need for power and authority in our life. Oh man, how many times have we grieved the Holy Spirit? We grieve the Holy Spirit when, when we do not allow the Holy Spirit to bring the conviction that we need in, in our lives. Very simple. It's very practical. Very practical. Very basic element of one of the benefits of the Holy Spirit and living under that power and under his authority is the conviction that he brings in our lives. That accountability that he brings. Reminding us that we report to him. Hey, Josh, I don't know about that. Hey, Miha, I don't know about that. We have to live under the accountability of the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 51, open your Bibles with me to Psalm 51. Verses 10 through 13. Came at a time in David's life when King David needed to be reminded that in spite of his humanity, somebody say humanity, in spite of his humanity, God was always with him. The Holy Spirit was always with him. So David calls out unto God. What it says here in Psalm 51, verse 10 through 13, he says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not from thy presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways 
and sinners will turn back to you. Three times in Psalm 51, right here in these verses, David mentions the the Holy Spirit of God. First, he says, give me a steadfast spirit, which is a, a faithful spirit, an upright spirit, as opposed to a crooked spirit, a broken spirit. He says, give me a steadfast spirit. And then he says, and do not take the presence of your Holy Spirit from me. So one of the benefits of the Holy Spirit is that he is with us at all times. The Holy Spirit goes with us wherever we go. He accompanies us. He goes with us through our valleys. He goes with us to our mountaintop experiences and everything in between. The Holy Spirit is there with us. And David says, please do not take your Holy Spirit's presence from me. Young people, invite the Holy Spirit to be a part of your lives. Young people, the Holy Spirit is not not something or someone for older or more mature folks. The presence of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is for all believers. Young people, the Holy Spirit is not to be put on a shelf until we're ready to get serious and settle down with God. The Holy Spirit is meant to empower our lives right here and now and at every point in time in our lives. When David came in and the prophet Samuel anointed him, and it says that the anointing of the Holy Spirit was poured out upon David symbolically by the pouring of the anointing oil over his head, it signified that David at that moment would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. But pay attention. Even before that had happened, David was a shepherd protecting the sheep, the sheep that belonged to his father and his family. Then when we read about the great story of David and Goliath, David was still a teenager when he ran down to the battle lines and fought against Goliath and was operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit when he spoke to that giant that Goliath and says, how dare you defy the army of the Lord? You see, David, even though he was just a young man, tapped into the power of the Holy Spirit. David was tapping into the anointing, in other words. Young people, we need to tap into the anointing of God. We need to tap into everything that God has for us. And then he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Signifying that the spirit in us or the spirit that was in David wanted to establish that connection with God 
and then operate on behalf of God and minister the things that God had given David and equipped David with to all of those that David came in contact with. He says, then I will teach transgressors your ways. So when we're under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it means you're on fire for God. It means that we understand what God wants to do in your life and wants to do in the world to see his kingdom come. But we can't do that without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The apostle Paul saw fit to also speak of not grieving the Holy Spirit. Not grieving. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? It means to live outside of God's will. Amen? God wants to bring us into his will. God wants to bring us into that obedience with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. How many of you know that when we're walking under the obedience of God and when we allow the Holy Spirit to minister to our lives, we live at peace with God. You have, you have a, a mental state of mind or a peace of mind that God has given to us, right? And that is very important for each believer to understand, to allow the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives so that we don't grieve the spirit that is in us, the spirit that is given to us by God as we work with the Holy Spirit. And finally, protection. Psalm 42 Verse 2, look what it says. It says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God. With the shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Where are you, downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is within me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? 
My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Here we see the psalmist talking about the protection that we receive by God. Thirsting after the Spirit who ministers to our hearts and ministers to our souls. About 13 years ago, I was meeting with a friend of mine who was a mentor. We're having coffee right here at Starbucks right across the street. And I asked him, what is it that you seek the Lord to gain in order to protect you in your life? How do you stay focused on what God has called you to? It was a time in my life where I wasn't balancing everything very well. I was ripping and roaring. Not able to have that balance that I was seeking and needing in my life. I said, man, I need some wisdom. I need some help. He said, in what particular area? He said, my family, my marriage, my kids. My priorities are all out of sorts. He said, Josh, you have to ask the Lord to help you build a hedge of protection around your life. And what does that look like? said the the hedge of protection that the Holy Spirit allows you to build protects you from chasing the things of the world. It protects you from placing a greater value on things that you don't need to place value. It helps you to prioritize things in such a way and helps you to make decisions in your life that are going to help you be more successful in your walk with Jesus. I said, but I feel that I do that. I feel that I prioritize my marriage. I prioritize my family. I prioritize the things of God. He said, but what about your heart? What about your life? How have you prioritized your own walk with Jesus so that you are filled with the power of God. I said, I don't know. I read my Bible. I pray. I go to church. I'm in fellowship. He said, Josh, 
You need to make your own spiritual life the priority in your life. He said, Josh, at the core of what God has called you to do, you got to draw a circle around who you are first and allow God to minister to your heart. Allow the the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart because you cannot serve or minister to anybody else unless you first take care of the very spiritual needs that you have first. Otherwise, you're going to run yourself ragged. He said, then you build and you draw another circle around you and your wife. Then you draw another circle around you and your wife and your children. Then your extended family and friends. He says, after that, is all extra. After that, God will allow you to be the person that he's called you to be because you've made your own spiritual life a priority. Being a, being a young man raised in the church and with awesome parents and great mentors and folks in my life, has always been a blessing, but the way my dear friend explained it to me and allowed me to see that I can make my own walk with Jesus a priority was super helpful because I had never seen it that way. I had never seen it that way where I was able to hear from somebody who said, it's okay to take care of yourself. Because you can't minister to your wife. You can't minister to anybody else unless you're allowing the Lord to minister to you. It was a blessing. Because it also helped me to reprioritize my relationship with my wife. To minister to my wife in a better way. My eyes were open. To the fact that if I was able to minister to Bumi the way God wanted me to minister to her after allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to me my children would have everything that they ever needed from their parents seeing their parents love one another and grow together through the power of the Holy Spirit many times have we as parents or as husbands and wives skipped over the spouse to care for the needs of the kids and neglected one another or neglected ourselves spiritually and so the protection that we're talking about here today is a spiritual protection it's a spiritual hedge of protection building up a fortress a spiritual wall spiritual boundaries around your life spiritual boundaries around your family spiritual boundaries around 
what God has called you to do. Spiritual boundaries around who God has called us to be as the church. Not allowing worldly influences or the way people in the world say things need to be to affect us or influence us. But to hear from the Holy Spirit. To allow the Holy Spirit to protect us. To work it out. To work it out. So the four benefits that we've talked about today that we receive while living a life under the anointing of God is connectivity with the Holy Spirit and with one another. Direction that we receive from the Holy Spirit when we take the time to listen to him. Involve him in your decisions. Involve him in the decisions of your relationships. Young people, involve him in the decisions of, of who to date. Young people, involve the Holy Spirit in your decisions of, of who to hang out with. Come on, y'all. Involve the Holy Spirit. Don't keep him. Don't keep him at arm's distance. Involve him. He wants to be involved. But but if watch this, watch this, watch this, you got. If you don't involve the Holy Spirit, he'll respect that wish. He'll respect the fact that you and I don't want to involve him in our lives. The Holy Spirit will just. I'm just chill, chilling. I'm right here. Whenever you need me, the Holy Spirit is like a butler. I'm serious. Because he wants to see us live victoriously. The Holy Spirit is there to serve us. He's there to minister to us. He is. The Holy Spirit is there. He's there to bring conviction in our lives. He's there to bring protection to our lives as well. Mission Ebenezer, I'm going to invite you to stand right now. And maybe there's somebody who's here today who says, Pastor, I love God. And I know God. But I'm learning about the Holy Spirit. I, I don't really ever use that language or I've never really understand, never really understood who the Holy Spirit is besides the fact that he's God. I know the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit seems kind of foreign to me because I can't see him. I can't touch the Holy Spirit. We ha I have an image of who Jesus is, the Son of God, I have an idea of who Father God is because he's called Father. But the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost just seems very odd because I don't understand what a Holy Spirit is or a Holy Ghost is. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So watch this. To make it very, very simple, the Holy Spirit 
and being able to live under the Holy Spirit and the anointing that He gives us, the power that He gives us, is to say this, that we begin to live in such a way where we talk to the Spirit, we talk to the Holy Spirit, we talk to God and invite Him into our everyday decisions. Invite His Spirit to take up residence in our heart, to walk with us, to guide us, to direct us, to protect us, to protect us on the road when we drive. Invite the Holy Spirit, you guys, to be a part of our decision-making process, our thought life, amen? Well, the Holy Spirit is there to meet us in such a practical way. Let's go before the Lord right now and let's, let's invite the Holy Spirit in his presence in our lives. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for today. And we love you, Lord. We thank you for your spirit, oh God. I need your spirit, Lord Jesus. We need your spirit, Lord God. Because when I don't acknowledge the spirit, I'm lost. When I don't acknowledge the spirit, I'm defeated. When I don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, I'm weak. When I don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, I'm vulnerable. When I don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, I lack vision. When I don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, I doubt. When I don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, I disobey. When I don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, I mess things up. When I don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, I do my own thing. But Lord Jesus, help me to connect with you today. Direct my life. Bring conviction to my heart. And protect me. Oh, Holy Spirit, protect me. I pray this prayer today. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Pastor Dozier and Minister Sandra have asked us to pray for the nation of Nigeria where the Christian church is being persecuted very heavily and specifically today in Kaduna State a whole church was abducted so a whole a whole group of worshipers and believers were abducted during the middle of their church service we don't know what the cause is could be money could be other things but all we know is that whoever did it is operating under demonic forces 
that are contra the Holy Spirit. They're operating under a wicked and evil force. Powers and principalities of rulers of darkness. And so we're going to join right now in prayer and we're going to ask for a safe release of this church, of every man, woman, and child. We're going to ask for safe release of these families and these believers who were abducted today in Kaduna State, Nigeria. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we ask that you would begin to move on the heart, Lord Jesus, of those who abducted your Christian church there, Lord Jesus, in Kaduna State. We bind and rebuke this attack upon the church. We take it personally, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. We bind and rebuke this attack upon believers to try and invoke fear to other Christians in the area, to other Christians in Nigeria or in Kaduna State. Father, we pray that the church would rise up and that the Holy Spirit would go before the church right now, Father God. Father God, we pray for deliverance. We pray for a safe return, a safe release. Father, we pray that the, that the enemy will be thwarted right now in the name of Jesus, that you would create chaos and confusion, Father God, there in their midst. Hallelujah. Father God, we pray that their plans would backfire in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would intervene right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that your power would fall from heaven right now and release them, Father God. Father, that those who, who took these, this church captive, Father, would come to the saving grace and faith of Jesus Christ. Father God, that you would bring them, Lord Jesus, to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, won't you come to them through dreams? Holy Spirit, won't you come to them abruptly and intervene right now, Father God? To let them see the hand of God working and operating in the world today on behalf of the church. Father God, that the world would be able to see that the church of Jesus Christ has been set apart for the purposes of redemption and salvation. Father, I pray that we, Lord God, would also live under that anointing and under that operation. That, Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll, re we'll remain connected to you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, that we would step, Lord Jesus, to you on behalf of our brothers and sisters, Lord Jesus, who are in need right now. We pray this right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Amen.